Welcome to Behind the Scenes, Project Management at Siemens. In this podcast series, you are not going to hear project management methodologies, processes, or guidelines, or not even projects in particular. You are going to hear stories, personal experiences, and journeys of people behind the scenes, project managers and commercial project managers within Siemens from all around the world. I'm Darya Iran. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, Project Management at Siemens. Our guest is Dinçer Geçer. Hello, Daria. Hi, welcome. How are you? Thanks a lot. I'm doing amazing and you are doing fine, I hope. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so why don't we start to getting to know you a bit? I am Dinçer Geçer. I'm a senior project manager working for Siemens for the last 15 years. And right now, after several locations in the world, I am located in Germany for the last six months and having duties in projects, especially in the east side of the world as an offshore project manager. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was a very brief introduction of yours <laughs> because I know you from the past. We worked together many, many years ago yeah. um, back in Turkey. So I would like to go back to those <laughs> days. How did your journey started with Siemens? My journey in Siemens started 15 years ago when I was a master degree student on transportation after my civil engineering degree. I was working in a really nice office as a design engineer for a (laughs) private company. Then I received um, an offer from Siemens. Actually, I wouldn't say I received an offer. I forced Siemens to send me an offer. (laughs) You fight for your job. (laughs) Yeah, actually, at that time, I was really bored working in an closed office space. It was a really fancy one, but I was bored. I mean... I I didn't want to be indoors anymore, and I wanted to work for railways. So I started my first work in Siemens 15 years ago as a site engineer in a different city, all by myself, by leaving my family the first time in my life. And for a guy who has never lived separated from his family, it was a really challenging situation for me. But every day I spent on site, my hands touching the rails, the sleepers, the track work, walking with the supervisors on site, I enjoyed every minute of it. Well, the downside was the work was being completed also, which meant they wouldn't need a site engineer anymore. So, But when I talked with my project manager at that time, uh, we decided that I would take additional responsibilities. The tasks that I have never known that would be part of my duties, actually, as a civil engineer. So it was first interface management, electromechanical works interface with the civil contractor at that time, and uh, then schedule management, then uh, the quality management, test management, uh, reliability, availability management. So with additional tasks, 
I was able to keep my position, let me say, uh, on the site, on the project. And with every different phase of the project, I have been assigned to different roles and I have been mentored and trained accordingly. So this made me stay in the project and the, in the project management business at that time. Mm -hmm. It seems like uh, what you did there, it has prepared you quite well in an extensive way, you know, with different disciplines and different tasks and areas to project management, right? So it was like a training period that make you very much strong becoming a project manager. Yeah. Definitely. I was not aware at that time because when, when you are a student, there was no lecture, let me say, in my time on project management. So I didn't know what the project management was, but I kind of been motivated indirectly with every additional knowledge areas that I was responsible of. And how did it happen that you take over the role as a project manager after this one? So you were in the site, you were taking different responsibilities, and then how did you become a project manager yourself? Well, all the projects end. So with the end of the first project, <laughs> with the end of the first project, uh, first I have been assigned as a sub-project manager, which means I was not responsible of the total scope of the contract, but a partial one, which is like the first step actually, Uh, you have this title project manager in front of uh, your name, actually. Um, then I have been assigned to different projects because every project has its uh, unique needs. Therefore, I have been assigned as sub-project manager, then a project manager. With every next project, my responsibilities get bigger. Uh, and then I have been certified as a project manager. Then I have been certified as a senior project manager. I find myself that I am doing project management. You haven't only worked in mobility or railways, right? So you have um, experience in different industries as well. Not only Siemens Mobility that I have worked for the railway projects, uh, especially during my years in Turkey, I have got some responsibilities on wastewater treatment plants, tunnels, uh, bridge projects, viaduct. So as long as you know the basic principles of the project management, I don't think there is any industry that I or any certified project manager wouldn't fit. And um, you have experience in different industries and also you have experience in different countries. So can you a little <laughs> bit elaborate on your international experience? Yeah. So uh, I'm a Turkish guy. I was working in, I was living and working in Turkey until in four Istanbul, years right? ago, yeah, in Istanbul four years ago. But I was always taking responsibilities and projects in all around Turkey at that time. Then I wanted to, after certification as a senior project manager, I wanted to use this chance to explore more and to challenge myself. So then I started to look around and when we are working uh, for a company like Siemens, actually, you have unlimited uh, opportunities ahead. So I started looking around for the projects, which at that time I had uh, only two constraints. First thing, I don't like heat, so it shouldn't be a warm weather. <laughs> And the second thing was there shouldn't be any traffic. So this was these okay. two were my only two constraints for my next position. And in three months, I ended up in Bangkok in Thailand, which has the... Uh, <laughs> I mean, the worst traffic problems that you can ever meet, they didn't have winter also. So I spent one year <laughs> as a delegate there, as a delivery project manager at that time. 
And then after that, I have been assigned uh, to Germany for a while. Then after the end of uh, COVID era, shall I say end? Maybe it's still ongoing. I, I'm not sure. So, so then I have been assigned oh, to India. I, I would like to call it as, <laughs> as an end. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. So, and after Thailand, one year in Bangkok, I have been assigned to Germany for a while to get used to the offshore project principles there. Then I have been assigned as the head of project execution in Chennai in India, which is again a very warm city uh, with huge traffic there. Wow. So different countries, different cultures, different ways of doing work. How was it for you? What have you learned out of this diversity, this intercultural um, international environment? Getting out of comfort zone is one of the terms that you can see in every personal development lecture, training, book, and everywhere. I believe in that. Totally. But I would like to add something to it. Don't get out of your comfort zone, I would say. Try to expand your comfort zone. <sighs> Try to expand your comfort area, actually. There is a reason that you are in the comfort zone, because you need it as a person. For me, this challenge... The first time when I tried Thailand, yes, I mean, it was a really huge challenging uh, situation for me. I remember the first one week, I only waited in my hotel room to adapt to the different time zone, actually, because my body was not ready. Then with every day, actually, you should be ready for a different challenge there. But it doesn't mean that you will be weak also, as long as you have your tools with you. And for me, these tools were like my friends, my mentors, my hobbies, just sometimes having a walk on the streets. It was quite challenging. Only after my assignment in Thailand, I discovered that I grew something inside me, which I was not aware that it was growing. And it was an amazing self-confidence, actually, that you know every struggle that you are meeting in person in, or in the projects, as long as you stay calm, and you dedicate yourself to solve this problem, you will get over it. You will definitely have amazing stories about the misunderstandings of the uh, different cultural aspects. But right now, I'm in Germany as a Turkish guy, surrounded with people all around the world and trying to manage, trying to manage a project in Taiwan. So any meeting wow. that I am having right now about the project status, about the next steps, I am using the tools that I have learned during my assignments in Thailand and in India. I really like what you say about this comfort zone. You say you don't go out of your comfort zone because you need that actually, but you expand your comfort zone. So can you a little bit explain me how this works for you? Because I really, um, I also recently moved, it's been two years, so I've changed countries, cities, and so on. And I also agree to that, this facing different challenges or stepping into something new. It's once you do it for one time, then you have that confidence that you believe yourself, you can do it anytime if you need it, if you have to do it. So um, this gives kind of a freedom um, in your decision making or makes you a little bit more maybe brave and um, dare to do new things. So this is also how I experienced that. But I really like your term expanding the comfort zone instead of going out of it. So can you a little bit talk about that, what that means for you? A very practical example I can give from my status, actually. In my early 20s, I was like, 
I will only get opportunities in Istanbul. And then it began having opportunities in Turkey. Then I thought, okay, maybe I can expand my zone to Europe and then Asia. And right now I can say that I can create my self-being as a functioning human being or as a functioning project manager in any part of the world with the tools that I have in my virtual toolbox. Comfort zone by itself, by definition, is limitation, actually. What you imagine in your mind is a circle, which is limiting you. There's a reason of this limit. This is the area where you feel comfortable, where you feel yourself, where you function, where you can have creative ideas. But in the meantime, you should also focus to push your boundaries a bit more with each time. I mean, there are several methods that you can do it. You can jump from your boundary, which is a risky, not to find your comfort zone again, or it will take some time, there is a chance that you find a um, semi-elastic place in your boundaries, you kind of stretch it, and uh, by every step you get used to the new zone, you try to involve it in your comfort zone without actually leaving your comfort zone. So it's like a step-by-step approach. Expand your comfort zone without leaving it 100%. I really like that. Um, And also, when I was listening to you, I was just imagining the circle, how I'm out of it, and so on. So I really can feel what you say. So it's great. It's, um, yeah, inspiring. I like that. Um, You talk about the toolbox. This is also something that is interesting to me as well. So how did you make this toolbox? This is the competencies you have. This is the supporting mechanisms you have. So what do you call, what is this toolbox about? Let's say. It's a a good question. Let's imagine that you are going to a trip. So what do you do? You just imagine, okay, how long you will stay there? Which activities that you will do? If you will attend to any meetings, if you will make any presentations or or if it is just a summer holiday or if you are going skiing, right? So you decide on what kind of equipment and gears or clothes that you will bring according to your needs, actually, according to your this travel plan, your destination. So with this, let's imagine an imaginary luggage that you are having with you. But in here, I will give an example from my site, actually. So I was the first assignment that I had from Turkey to Thailand. First of all, how you will communicate with your friends and with your family back in Istanbul. With phone? Okay, that's nice. But have you considered the difference in the time zone? Have you made pre-agreements with them? When you will meet with them? When you will talk with them? Will it be Skype, Teams? Which tool that you will use with them? A kind of pre-agreement, even a verbal one, is really making you feel relaxed because you do know this support mechanism which you need will be there at the particular time of the day. And meanwhile, in my situation, my hobbies helped me a lot actually to connect me to my comfort zone again because these were the things that I was doing like sports, like dancing, reading, listening to music, participating to the book clubs. So this was the things that I was used to also before my assignment. And when I was having my time, let's say when I was dancing, it was still my comfort zone. And at that moment of time, actually, 
It is not important if you are in a different part of the world and then you discover your physical being is only one aspect of your self-being. It's only one part. Wow, that's amazing. How about when we bring this to business? If you don't have your supporting mechanisms, like your hobbies, like your friends, families, and so on. So it's really impossible to also succeed at work. I know that. But how about, you know, communicating with different cultures, being in an environment where things are running differently? So what is in your toolbox to support you at work? The most useful tool is the cheapest one, actually. You don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to read anything. You don't have to listen anything. Just observe. Just observe what the other people are doing. What observe what the locals are doing. It is the best tool I have ever encountered and the most useful one that I have in my this imaginary toolbox. <laughs> you know, when growing a child, you can really see that They learn by observing and by doing. So monkey sees, monkey does. <laughs> and we can just take that and implement it in the business life, right? I like that as well. Okay, so tell me about how your character matches with the requirements of being a good project manager. <laughs> so how do you see yourself as a project manager and how does it um, relate with your personality? Every lecture, every project management training, any book about project management or any article which has the definition of project, in that particular sentence, you will see one word which is unique. So every project is unique. Being every project unique also means that customer is also unique. The end result is also unique. Even the processes, they are unique to the project itself. By the way, your team members are also unique. The people that you get used to work with in one project will not be the same in the next project, even within the same project duration, in different phases. This dynamism will lead to change of the project team also. So at one day, a solution that you use will not be useful in the second day. You can still use it, but don't expect the same results. So if you ask me, The line of words that I hear most in my project management career, it is always this. This is my first time doing this. This is my first time I encounter this. Even a guy who is experienced in the commercial project management, the accountant who is experienced for 20 years, will tell you that there are several things the first time that he encounters during his project assignment. So you are forced to be creative with the solutions that you provide. <laughs> so for me, being able to use a kind of creative mind really gives me satisfaction during my days actually in, uh, in my job. I hear problem solving here. When I listen to you about project every time being unique and you encounter new things and so on. So you have to be always ready to solve new problems, to come up with new ideas, to be creative in every aspect, let's say. And I think this is the, this is the one inspiring thing about project management and um, how it makes you a lifelong learner, right? Lifelong student in a way. 
definitely it is like this. I, I like this term, lifelong student, lifelong learner actually a lot. I just need to highlight. After certification in Siemens as the senior project manager, actually, even during this time, I grow an interest about the project management in other industries because you wonder being in Siemens for the last 15 years and I have been managing projects according to the principles of Siemens methodologies, actually. So then I grow an interest to see what the other companies are doing. And I have get some trainings about some other certifications like uh, PMI, Project Management Institute. IPMA, I see IPMA, in your CV yeah. that you have prints, yes. And then, then the prints. <laughs> At the end, I ended up with signing a course on sociology, actually. Right now, I am a student in sociology. Because the thing behind wow. is that you discover the idea of communication between people and when they act as groups, actually. I mean, I am impressed by the behavior patterns of people in different cultures, in different structures, actually. So I am still learning, but I do know my biggest learning will be my next project. <laughs> you know, I'm really amazed by what you were doing because we always um when we talk about how we can be ready with you know this digitalization the new world and everything we always talk about being um or having interdisciplinary knowledge or experience and um you know if you study engineering and if you support it with sociology and psychology and then it helps you to bring in different perspectives and so on so I really like that you take this new challenge and how you bring it to life with your upcoming project. So this is really interesting from ourselves to observe as well. You talk about the inspiring part, actually. And can you a little bit talk about what is the most challenging thing for you? The most challenging thing is definitely to convince everyone in the project, including your customers, including your managers, your stakeholders and your team members to a solution, actually convincing them and satisfaction of every party for a one single result. This is the most um, difficult part, I would say, because you have to show them the benefit that they will get out of it or their uh, position will get out of it or their company will get out of it. This is like a daily task, actually. And meanwhile, it can also change during the phases of the project. The reason that you believe at the start of the project may not be the same at the end of the project also. So you should really challenge yourself in this manner to be flexible enough to dedicate your time and yourself for different targets during the project. Um, what is the fun part? Uh, okay, I hope my manager will not listen to this. I am getting, I mean, <laughs> the most fun part is I am getting paid for all this fun, actually. I mean, I am enjoying every day and they're still paying me. I mean, it's like when it's like it's happened to be my like hobby, actually, when I think about the project management, the tasks that I do, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy every bit of it. Wow. And being paid is like, what? I mean, kind of thing, actually, which is nice. 
<laughs> so then I will have a second answer if my managers or anyone is listening. Um, you feel empowered. You feel like the body of a Swiss army knife. You are not useful. Wow. You are not useful as this frame, actually. I mean, no one will have you. But then you have a knife, you have a screwdriver, you have so many other tools inside. And all of them are working for a specific reason. But meanwhile, you are the one who is keeping them together. I mean, in a way, I will highlight this again. You're not useful by yourself as the project <laughs> manager. If you don't have these people and you have to get them together to work efficiently in their correct places, and you have to know which part of this Swiss army knife that you will use for which particular occasion or the problem in our case. That's a great example, which again, I can <laughs> imagine everything in my head while I'm listening to you. Then I would like to ask you about a time where in your career you cannot forget. So a memorable time, moment, experience. Oh. <laughs> It is difficult to choose, actually. There. So many. <laughs> so I, when I was listening your previous podcast, actually, um, I kind of asked this question to myself. And the very recent one, actually, like nine months ago when I was in India. So it is um, the life cycle of a career of the project manager. So I had I needed to talk with my manager to ask him about, okay, boss, I mean, what, what is next? What is my next assignment? What are the alternatives? So I invited him for a meeting, a, a virtual call. He was in Germany at that time. I was in India. I, I still remember his face was smiling to me. And he said, okay, I mean, we have this project in this part and this responsibilities there. You can stay still in India uh, in these positions. Then he looked at me and he asked, yes, these are all the alternatives. But what do you want, Dinshash? Very simple a very basic question, but reminded me again that it was me at the end having this power. And this question also makes you feel trusted and worthy. What do you want, Dinchar? What do you really want? What do you want your next place to be? I mean, this was one of the amazing moments, not only my uh, professional career, personal-wise also, because I asked this also to personally myself, so then, yeah, here I am in Germany. Wow, that's great. That's really showing you the trust. And also, as you said, the power of simple questions. They are simple to ask, but you really need to give it a thought to come up with a conclusion with that, right? What do you want? And this is um, as simple as sounds. This is the hardest questions. And I think that's wise that your manager asked you that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> Then maybe I can copy from that. Uh, what do you want next, Dinchar, for your career? Ooh. What are your dreams? I still believe there is so much to learn, actually. This is my first time I will uh, act as an offshore project manager. I mean, let, let me describe it a bit. It's uh, actually a long-distance relationship with the project. And this will be my <laughs> first time having this experience. And there are so many things to learn uh, for me in here uh, for my next assignment, actually. I am really excited of it. It is, again, like um, forcing my boundaries kind of thing because 
I am using new tools to communicate with people in the other side of the world while I am still in touch with the people in here in Germany also. So uh, my next target would be to complete this project with successful results, not only for the uh, financial tables, but every party who is involved in this project. Let's say my success criteria, if a site engineer that I am working with right now decides to take some path in the project management career path. And if the end of the project, if he, is a, he becomes a certified project manager, then this will be my satisfaction to seeing people wow, grow. So you want to inspire people, right? Um, I want to create an inspiring atmosphere. By person, I cannot be an inspiration only, but it can be by yeah, only an good. inspiration atmosphere, I can say. Cool. Then I guess I come to my final question. If you go back 15 years ago and you meet your young self. Wow. So you're talking to um, this young gentleman who is in the beginning of his career. And <laughs> what would you tell to him? I haven't thought about this. Well, I will tell him to ask more to learn more and to add one additional tool like learning another language in his toolbox, actually. Cool. I like this toolbox concept. And um, to start with that one and to end with that one is, I think, <laughs> the, um, the really thing that will stick on our minds about this conversation. Um, anything you would like to add before we close, Ninja? Well, it is really um, amazing for me to be this side of the table, actually, uh, and having this um, podcast with you as the one who have been also uh, an inspiration to me during my career path from project mm -hmm. management to here. Uh, thanks to you for everything also, Daria. Oh, thank you very much. I'm really flattered. I enjoyed every minute of it. I was inspired by it and I'm happy that we have the chance to talk to you. Um, and sorry if I give you a hard time with some <laughs> of the questions. <laughs> it's, it's all, it's all. Thank it's you all very amazing. much, Tinta. Thank you to Daria. Thank you for listening. I'm Daria Iran. This podcast is a production of Siemens. If you would like to explore our world, please visit Siemens.com.